Coming up on NBL Now, the latest ESPN mock draft is in. We tell you who is where on the latest rankings as far as the next stars are concerned. Some big injury issues for Melbourne heading into the throwdown on the weekend. Are some more changes coming at Illawarra? And the Cairns Taipans desperately needing a rest. That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is Wednesday, the 8th of October. Great to have you with us on NBL Now. I'm Jack Heaven alongside my sparring partner, Derek Rucker. We are seeing more and more of each other every week. Rock, good to see you. Good seeing you, Jack. And uh, man, we got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Just quickly, uh, nice little result for you in the Melbourne Cup yesterday with without a fight. Yeah, it was great to get that win. But that thought of missing out on the first four by just one placement is eating at my heart, Jack. Well, I'm, I feel like if you got the first four, there's no way you'd be here this morning. You'd look <laughs> to fly to Vegas or something. Valid. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the ESPN mock draft that landed late yesterday afternoon. Take you through it from top to bottom. The, the big one here is Alex, uh, who's now number two in the mock draft. Bobby Clintman at 21. AJ Johnson at 41, despite having not seen a lot of him this season. Ariel Hookporty, a big mover, goes to 44. Trenton Flowers at 60. Montes Rubstavchus at 71, Alex Tui at 83, and welcome to Lachlan Ulbrich, who enters the top 100 at number 92. What jumps out at you there, Ruck? Well, number two for Alex Sarr is tremendous, not only for him, but for the NBL. We haven't had someone this high, I don't believe, ever. There was some talk about LaMelo Ball maybe being the number one choice. But for Jonathan Gavoni to go out there this early and put Saar at number two means that he is really impressed. And the intel that Gavoni is getting from the NBA must be really, really high. And keep in mind, Saar hasn't really been playing fantastic in the last few weeks. So this is really about potential, that great physical presence, and what he can do, I think, with the ball in his hands. I know that the mock draft would have been done prior to Monday night's game, but yeah. I wonder if Jonathan Gavoni and other scouts watched the game and there were scouts in the building on Monday. We spoke to a few of them. The fact that John really went with Alex Saar in overtime, showed faith, and Alex Saar, by extension, showed a lot of composure. I wonder what that means as well. He did a really good job, I thought, in the crunch situation. He took advantage of his mismatches. He was smart in positioning himself in places close to the rim. He contested defensively at the rim. And I just thought he gave them, surprisingly, I thought he gave them a calmness out there late down the stretch. And John, and John really, to go with him, um, it was a good turnaround because there were a couple of games where Saar wasn't getting as many minutes as a lot of us thought that he deserved. So go to the bottom end of the rankings. Lachlan Ulbrich, as we say, joins the top 100 for the first time at 92. And Alex Tui at 83. I wonder next time around, Ruck, if we were to time capsule this conversation, the next time there's a mock draft, I wonder whether Alex Tui is a bit higher than 83. I definitely think by March he will be much higher. And then the decision is going to be whether he declares this year or the following year. But a lot of that will be determined by, A, how the Sydney Kings decide to utilize him. Now, Lachlan Ulbrich, I, I think he is an NBA body. I think he's got desire. I think he's got heart. He's got hustle. And he can make an NBA team better down the line. Again, I'd like to see him getting 20 minutes a game. 
Illawarra season is wrecked. Go ahead, get him out there, start to make some changes. And uh, I think he's a real talent. And to see him enter that top top 100, man, that must fill him with great confidence. Well, let's stay with the Hawks then in that case. They were on the rundown for a little bit lower, but let's go with the now. Olga Nulich reporting last night on overtime that there's some changes expected to the Illawarra starting lineup. What would you do? Albrecht's got to be in. Froling, Clark, and I've got to look at, this is tough because we hate seeing imports go to the bench, but something's got to give with that pairing. Robinson and Harvey aren't getting it done, and I don't know who's more to blame. I'm probably going to go with Harvey as my starter because of what he's done in the competition. He's got equity. We've seen him play on good teams and be productive under Brian Gorgian. Robinson, I think, was supposed to be the catalyst, the real talent, the guy that took them to being a competitive play-in team, and he just hasn't gotten it done. It's uh, you know we we don't like to have to be this harsh, but it might be time for a permanent change in that position. And, and I just wonder too, and I know we're just talking about the next stars, but the little sample size that we've seen of AJ Johnson, he gives them spark. Yes, he gets things wrong. He's 18. That's going to happen. But is that part of your thinking, Ruck, is we need to see more Ulbrich and more AJ and a bit of spark? And that's a great point. Move AJ up in the rotation. Maybe he's not ready to start just yet, but let's get him more minutes. I haven't really seen anything in the regular season that has put me off of the guy. Mm. You know, he's only a young kid. Let him go out there and make some mistakes. However, it's really hard from the coach's point of view because you're trying to win games. And this is where this is where things get really tricky. But I think there's tremendous value, and we've talked to Adam Ford about this. There's tremendous value and honor in developing kids so that they can move on to a better position. Perth Wildcats. Um, they have been spoken about a lot this season, and in particular the last week. Credits where credit is due. I saw both of their games up close on the weekend. They were pretty good. They had some patches where they fell out of the game on Saturday night, but they found a way to get it done. And then Monday night, I think that might be the win of the season by any team, to be honest. I thought the Wildcats were, were outstanding in overtime when it mattered most. Are they back, though, Ruck? Well, not quite. Um, Adelaide aren't a great team. They took advantage of a, a depleted Melbourne United team that suffered in-game injuries, which are always the most disastrous in basketball. However, you still got to go out there and knock those teams over. And I don't care who Melbourne United is putting out there on the floor. As long as Dean Vickerman is the coach of that team, that's a great win. Melbourne United had enough bodies out there to handle uh, Perth on that night. So I would think there is a, uh, there was a tremendous rise in belief in the Red Army. And they should have it. I've been saying all along that John really knows what he's doing. He has a very good basketball mind. He's going to work hard. And we see he has courage in his conviction. He will make tough decisions and go with it. Now, can they rise up and, and be a championship-level team? I'm not quite sure. But they certainly look a lot better. And now they can start to really push the pedal and see if they can make a move up the ladder. Well, they play Friday night. It's the, the standalone game on Friday. That's a later start, obviously, as well, given that it's in Perth against the Breakers. Like, if they win this, they've won three in a row. 
I like their chances in the in the Breakers game out there in Perth. The Breakers have had a rough run with travel, Jack. We saw them Sunday in Sydney, and they definitely look much better. They play a good basketball game. They're a really good team. They're coached hard, and they're coached well. But I just think right now, Perth is a, Perth is that emotional team that once you give them a little sniff of confidence, we can see it take off. We saw it, we saw it happen last year where they won six games in a row. That happened later in the season. And this time, it, the timing may be much better for them to commence a run earlier. Some tired teams at this time of the year. We are pretty much a third of the way through the season now. It's gone quick. Um, Kansas certainly one of those. And Adam Ford said that, that they really need the six-day break that they're enjoying now. They've been to America and back. They've had a, a pretty tough schedule. Uh, what are you seeing with the Taipans at this stage in the season? Look, they just lost basketball games on the weekend fairly and squarely. Um, the teams were better than them. I thought they probably didn't play with the level of amped up energy that they have to play with to compete in this competition, but that will change. That will change this Saturday night up in the snake pit. There's no doubt that they'll come out a lot tougher, and I think you'll see a different lineup um, out there on the floor, just a different makeup. And now, again, like Perth, they can time their run and really get themselves going. And look, it's hard. When you travel that far, Jack, we understand the benefits of the NBL-NBA competition. But there's always so much that your body can do as you travel that many time uh, zones. And I think right about now, we're, you know, within a, within the next couple of weeks, I would find that Cairns and New Zealand start to get themselves back in line. Lastly, Melbourne United. Uh, they will be sweating on some scans, I would imagine, today, if they don't already have that information. Uh, it's not public as we go to air this morning. Luke Travers, I think, is a certainty to miss this weekend due to concussion protocols. They have Melbourne, to their eternal credit, have dealt with Shaili and Matthew Dalvadova. They're very good with concussion protocols. So I think you can rule Luke Travers out. But we wait on Ian Clark with a leg injury. And we also wait for Ariel Hook-Porty with a knee injury and whether they line up this weekend. Crazy. Uh, the concussion thing is mind-boggling. Sorry for the pun and the probably inappropriate one. But how do they get so many concussions and you're forgetting about David Barlow last year. Yes. Yep. You know, Barlow, Illy, Della Vadova, and now potentially Luke Travers. It's, it's crazy. And I, I, you know, I feel bad for those guys. It's unfortunate, especially when they're thriving and Luke Travers looked like he was really finding his way into this lineup. Now, from a strategic point of view, it exposed some weaknesses and most definitely in the perimeter shooting category without Clark out there, who I think has been one of the top 10 players this season. Without Clark and without Travers, who capitalizes off of good perimeter shooting by getting in the key and making plays at the rim. Without those two guys, they look really stagnant offensively, I thought, in the second half and in the overtime period. So, a little sign there for other teams where they may be able to exploit Melbourne United. But also, is JLA ready? Dean Vickerman was livid with him at moments during that game. Yeah. You were right there on the sidelines. JLA looked like he was rushed. His skills weren't as sharp as they should have been. Now, in order for Melbourne United to continue that championship pursuit, JLA's got to lift himself to MVP level.
So with that being said, they play the Phoenix on Sunday. It's a big day Sunday. We've got the throwdown first, and then we'll be in Sydney for the Kings and Brisbane. Phoenix have won five of their last six. Should they be favourites going into Sunday now if Hook Porty, Travers, and Clark don't play? Look, we can avoid all the speculation and all the theorizing. Southeast Melbourne winning that game by at least six points. Lock it in, Jack. Mid Creek, Allen Williams will be far too much to handle. At JLA, he's a rim protector, but sometimes he can be exploited out of the perimeter defensively. And against a guy like Sauce Williams, I don't think that's a good matchup for JLA. So I've got Phoenix all the way in that game. It's going to be a brilliant contest, but um, I, I just don't. I just don't think Melbourne United can go with them without their full lineup. A reminder, there's no Thursday game this week. The round starts on Friday night with a later game, Perth and New Zealand. Ruck, thank you for being with us this morning. As always, on a Wednesday, and I'll see you on Sunday in Sydney. Sunday in Sydney versus Brisbane. Big game. Thanks for being with us on NBL Now. We'll catch you tomorrow.